Hey, we're in this series called Soundtrack, and it's this idea, what does your life sound like? Like if your life could be a, a song, like if we were to hit play in your life right now, what would the song be? I know, like, depending on the day, the song may vary, right? Like, you might, like, hit play on a song for your life right now. And if you have kids, it might be, welcome to the jungle. It gets worse here every day. That's the best I got on rock. Like, I don't go rock. I'm just saying, like, for those of you who are rockers, that's, like, the best that I got. Maybe that's, like, your song, right? Maybe that's the song of your life right now. Uh, it might be uh, anyone here, early 2000s, little Destiny Child. This might be your song. Can you pay the bills? Can you pay the telephone bills? Can you pay the automobile? Maybe that's your song. Right? Like, hey, can you just pay these bills? Others of you, this might be your song. I like my women just a little longed up. No, that, might be, that might be your song too. And I don't know what your song might be. All right? Online. What is your song? What is, what is your life right now? What was the song that would best describe your life? And I know it changes. It depends on where we're at in life, what we're going through. Uh, back in the day... Uh, we used to have these things. If anyone here is a Gen Z, maybe younger than that, we used to have this little box that would have a clock on it. It was called an alarm clock. Remember these things? You would actually have to plug it up, put batteries in there just in case. You would set the time and it'd be an alarm clock and it'd be the annoying buzzer or maybe it'd be the radio. And that's how you used to wake up back in the day. Now it's just on our phones. Uh, but I hate mornings. All right, and, and we want to talk about this idea of morning calls. I've never been a morning person, even as a kid. My dad was in the military, and uh, there was a time we were living with our grandparents. And every morning, my grandpa would come up to wake me up. All right, I'm like, I don't know, first or second grade at this time. And this song has been ingrained in my head. But every single morning to wake me up, he'd turn the lights on where I was sleeping. And he'd go, it's time to get up. It's time to get up. It's time to get up in the morning. And then he would see, and I'm not moving. And then he'd go a little louder. It's time to get up. It's time to get up. And I'm like, <laughs> I hate this. I'm like, Grandpa, stop. Gosh, you're so old, right? Like, why do you do that? I didn't say that. I was way nicer than that, all right? Uh, but I would have to get up. I hate morning times. And I pray like today that maybe today would be um, a warning sign for you, a wake-up call. For those of you who have kids, you ever like dead asleep and then you just feel like something's weird right now. Like it, you're subconsciously like something and you wake up, your child's staring at you. Have you ever had that happen? That's a wake-up call. You know what I mean? It's like now I need, now I need to go pee. All right? Now, like this is scary. You know what I mean? Like it's one of those moments where that happens to you. Uh, it's a, it's a wake-up call. Those aren't like the ways I, I like to be woken up. We're going to look at a really obscure story today in the Old Testament. I'm going to encourage you. It's in the book of 1 Kings. I'm going to actually encourage you to read this whole chapter. We don't have time to dive into it today. Uh, but I want you to check it out because as we're looking at this story, um, to kind of give you a little context, there's a soldier. A battle had just taken place. Um, there was a victory. And this soldier had been badly beaten in, in, from this battle. And so as he was there, he had a bandage wrapped around his head. The king is passing by. This is King Ahab. Like I said, they were just victorious. And as the king is passing by, the soldier is going to call out to him. So listen to what it says in 1 Kings, verse 39. It says, and as the king passed by, he cried out. This is the soldier. He cried out to the king and said, hey, your servant went out in the midst of the battle. And behold, a soldier turned and brought a man to me and said, Guard this man. If by any means he is missing, 
your life shall be for his life, or else you shall pay a talent of silver. And as your servant was busy here and there, he was gone. And the king of Israel said to him, so shall your judgment be, you have decided it. So again, th- there's a obscure things taking place here. You have to read the entire context to really get an idea of what's taking place um, in terms of the implications here. This is King Ahab and King Ben-Hadad of Syria, and you'll have to read that for another time. But here you have this soldier. You can see that he's been wounded from battle. The king's passing by. The king is, does not care to talk to this guy. But this soldier says, hey, king, I need to share something with you. So he calls out to him. The king looks at him and is like, yeah. And he says, hey, so in this battle, um, I was given a prisoner. And my job was to watch the prisoner. And they told me that if I were to lose this prisoner, it would be my life for his life. Or I would have to pay a talent of silver. In other words, I would have to pay a debt I could not pay. Financially, I could not afford this. And so as I was watching this prisoner, he says, I was kind of busy here and there. I turned around and the guy was gone. And the king says to him, and it's almost like the soldier's like asking for mercy. Like, hey, we won the war, so I don't know if that's okay or not. So I'm wondering maybe if you can kind of throw me a bone here. And the king says, whatever your punishment was, that's what's going to happen to you. If you're supposed to lose your life, you'll lose your life or you can pay this debt. Now, all of a sudden, this soldier takes off his bandage. You can see that he's messed up, and it wasn't a soldier at all. It's actually a prophet. And this prophet speaks out, and he says, King Ahab, God has sent me to confront you because this story that I just made up is about you. You were supposed to do something, and instead of doing it, you did something completely different. And because you won't even give mercy, the consequences you will face. Now, I have to, you have to understand Back in this Old Testament day, this soldier looked like he had been in battle. Well, how do you do that? Like today in the 21st century, we have makeup artists. It can make anyone look like anybody. You have to read the story. I'm telling you, it's pretty hilarious. But this guy goes straight MMA. He asked a guy to literally beat him up so that he could look like he had been in a battle. And then he bandages himself up to make it look real, right? He's like, chicks dig scars, check this out. Hit me, please, right? And like, there's this whole story that goes on with it. Now this prophet, again, makes up a parable and there's bigger implications here. But what I want us to do for a moment is to put ourselves in that narrative, okay? I want us to put ourselves in the narrative. One day, all of us, if you're watching online, we're gonna stand before a king as well. And that king's name is Jesus. And one day, we're gonna give an account for our life. We're going to stand before him and he's going to ask us the things that we did and we're going to have to give an account. Now, this is the truth. The most difficult person in this room is you. You're your most difficult person. You're the one who can actually cause yourself to believe lies that no one else can cause you to believe. You're the one who actually can deceive you. No one else can deceive you like you can deceive yourself. No one can harm you like the way that you can harm yourself. Sometimes we say what we are our own worst enemy. And one day we'll stand before Jesus. And this idea I want to share with you today is that when you don't do what you're supposed to do, your life can be snatched from you. I think a lot of us are not paying attention to the things that we have going on in our life. And a lot of us will find out we will lose it. I like how the New Living Translation says that same verse. It says, but while I was busy doing something else, the prisoner disappeared. Well, 
It's your own fault, the king replied. You have brought this judgment on yourself. He says, I got so busy, I wasn't paying attention. I wasn't paying attention, and the guy is gone. And, and he says, you were supposed to stand guard. And one day, when you stand before Jesus, he's going to say, you were supposed to stand guard over your own life. No one else, you're not going to be able to look to anyone else and say, well, my spouse did this. No, what did you do for your own life? And if you don't pay attention, you might find that you might lose yourself. Isn't it true? A lot of us, we've ended up a place in our life today that we didn't think we would be. Now think about that for a second. Like a lot of us have made decisions, we've made choices, and we woke up one day going, this is not what I thought I was signing up for. It could be through marriage. You're like, hey, I, I, I married this person, and you wake up, and maybe you're divorced, you moved on, you might say, this is not what I thought I was getting myself into. It could be a job, like this job, you're like, this job's gonna be great, look at all the benefits, I can rise up. And then as you go along, you realize all the things that you lose in this place. Maybe for you, it's your kid, and you have kids that are grown now, and they're doing their own life, they're making their own decisions. And as you watch them, you go, this is not what I thought I was getting myself into. Maybe you will just wake up and you deal with anxiety, depression, whatever, and you just go, this is, this is not what I signed up for. Like, how did I get here? And why would I be here? It wasn't worth it. And I, and I pray today that maybe this might be a wake-up call to you. Because as we listen to ourselves, we're prone to wander. Uh, Proverbs says this in verse 4. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. You know, in our society, we tell people what? Follow your heart. What do you want to do? Do that. What feels right? Like, this, does, does this feel right? Does this feel good? What does your heart tell you? But then listen to what this uh, prophet says, Jeremiah. He says, the human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. The truth about your heart is that it's desperately wicked. Well, I'm a, I'm a good person. This is not about being a good person. Apart from Jesus, when left to ourselves, we are desperately wicked. We do what we want. We're selfish by nature. We go for the things that make us feel right, make us feel good. And he says, the heart is so deceitful that it will trick us into thinking that we're doing right when in reality we're really doing wrong. It says, who really knows how bad it is? When you see decisions that people make in life, you're like, how could they do that? Because their heart led them astray. Our hearts are not good. Jesus, one of his closest disciples, his name was John, and he writes in the book of 1 John. He writes this letter, and listen to what he says. He says, the world, our society, everything that it has, it says, only offers a craving for physical pleasure. A craving for everything that we see. A pride in our achievements and our possessions. These are not from the Father. They are from this world. And isn't that true? It's all about what we do, right? Like, well, here are the things that I've done. Look at all my accomplishments. And in our society, that means, well, you've done something great with your life. Look at all the accolades that I have. Look at all the things that I've done. Here's what I have. And it's like the things that I see, those are the things that I want or the things that I hear, that's what I want. And it causes people to be prideful and we lose everything. I mean, the Bible is full of verses. When you read it, there's warnings. It says, watch out for yourself because we're prone to wander. It says, pay attention for yourself. Our job is to keep watch over ourselves. 
And sometimes we're, we're hard people to keep watch over, aren't we? It's like, hey, like, I thought I was doing this, and you end up and you're doing something completely different. I like how the Apostle Paul, he writes this in the book of Romans. He says, hey, the things that I want to do, the things that I know are right, I don't do those things at all. And the things that I hate, the things that I don't want to do, I find myself that those are the things that I end up doing. It's just too easy to slip up, isn't it? We trick ourselves into thinking that it's okay. And what happens is as we're called to stand watch over ourselves, a lot of us have not been doing a good job. And if you're not careful, you'll let yourself get away. And so this morning, I want to just talk about two areas where we might be prone to wander in terms of standing guard against ourselves. If our job is to give an account one day to Jesus for how we live our life, then where are the areas that we might, we might need to guard against? The first one is, is this, is giving in. You gotta stand guard against giving in. Our world is a bunch of distractions. It's causing us to really just lose focus. And it's all about just giving in, right? Like, hey, just, just give in. Like, I just did this, I might as well. I already saw this, whatever. I, I think phones are great. Um, I just got this not too long, it's an iPhone. 13 Pro. I'm not rubbing it in, guys. I got like a stupid trade-in on it. So really was not expensive at all, all right? I just like to toss it out. But one of the cool things about this phone is it's got cinematic view. Like, like when I film now, I look like I could be a movie director, all right? It's, it's really amazing. It's going to elevate my Instagram game, all right? Because I'm, I'm really horrible at it. Phones are really great, but the problem with phones is that we easily get distracted. We begin to compare. We're looking at other people. I'm a victim too many times to this phone. It's like you might say, well, you don't understand. It's for my business. I I need to like be ready for people to talk to me. So I need to be able to talk to people on the phone. It's my business. And you're taking calls and you're answering text messages and your family is there. And it's like, wait, not right now. Just give me a second. Wait, not right now. Give me a second while I answer this. And I get that like sometimes we need our phones. But the thing that I'm trying to do for me is to just make sure I like put it away. I think a lot of us are missing out on what's literally around us. You know, for, for my wife and I right now, it, it's, it's really crazy because our oldest son, he's 12. And the more that I think about that, it's like, hey, in six years, he could be gone. He could move off. Hey, I might force him out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Six years will go by very quickly. That's a lot of change. And at the end of that time, do I want to say, well, I wish I would have spent more time on my phone or I wish I would have invested more time in my son. What would you say? Phones are great, but then you start scrolling and isn't it easy to really just go, man, look at where they got to go. Look at what they got to do. I experienced that a little bit last week. Like, man, those are some great seats. They got to go to the World Series. And anytime anyone ever feels led to take me to the World Series, let me let you know that I'm down, all right? I will definitely go with you. But it's like watching it, it's like, oh, wow, well, look at what they got to do. Oh, look at their family. Doesn't their family look so happy? Why aren't we happy like they're happy? Look at their kids. 
Look at what their kids are, look at what restaurant they got to go eat at. When's the last time you took me out on a date? When's the last time you made something I wanted to eat, right? What is, like, what, you have these contentious things. Look at what these people are doing and we start comparing ourselves, don't we? Look at all the stuff people do and it's just easy to give in. It's like, well, uh, it started out, it wasn't bad, and then my eyes just started watching, and then next thing I know, I'm watching something that I didn't want to watch, but I just watched it because I've been in here all by myself, and we're spending time in the wrong areas, and we're not grounded. And I'm telling you not to give in. Don't give in. What are those areas you're like, you know, I'm just, I'm just con- like, maybe I'll just give in. Like, I've already done this. I've already said that. It's fine. I might as well just do it. And you give in. What's your vice? Everyone has a different vice, right? You're watching online. You have a different vice. There's certain things that, that don't apply to everyone. What's the thing that causes you to go, you know, I'm just, I'm just going to give in? What's the thing that causes you to wander away where you're like, you know what? I know I should be guarding against this thing, but I don't. It's like, you know, like you've seen it. It's like, I'm going to watch this movie. You already know about the movie, but you still choose to do it anyways. Like, I'm still going to bring that in anyways. Like, I know I shouldn't be talking to this person, but I'm going to anyways. It was an innocent text message. It was a in, whatever. And we start letting ourselves wander, and we trick ourselves into thinking that we are okay when the reality is we're not, and you'll wake up and go, how did I get here? You ever felt like that? Like, wow, where did 10 years of my life just go? You start thinking back through everything you accomplished and you think, I I, I should be further along than I am. I thought surely by now I would own my own house. I I thought surely by now I would be married. I, I thought surely by now I would be, and you fill in the blank. What is it for you in your own life? Where are you prone to give in? And the second thing that we need to stand guard against is this, is the lies. You gotta be careful about lying we listen to a lot of lies we tell ourselves, right? I can handle it. I can handle it, right? I, I, I like that commercial. I'm probably okay. I can do it. I can make this happen. Oh, I, I can take this, this promotion. Yeah, yeah the, the little bit of time will be worth it. Won't the extra money be worth it? Like, I can handle it. And we start telling ourselves some lies that starts to take us down a path that we realize after you're down the path, I wish I wouldn't have made that decision in the first place. What are those lies? I think one of the lies that people tend to believe is this. I am just this way. I'll never change. I'll just never change. This is just who I am, right? Spouses, anyone say that to their other spouse? Like, this is just who I am. This is what you get. Is a pitiful excuse to just stay where you're at. And now it is true. Jesus loves you where you are, just where you're at, but he loves you too much to stay there. It's like a kid, right? You have a kid, especially when they're younger and you gotta change their diaper and they just decimated that diaper. I mean, like, you know what I'm talking about, parents, like up, out the diaper, whole outfit change, the whole, like they decimated this diaper. I love you, but that's just the way you are. You're just gonna mess up another diaper. So I'm just gonna leave you right there. Should we do that? No, we're going to change the kid's diaper. If it's really bad, I'm like, Aaron, come change this diaper, right? Like, oh, you conveniently can't hear me right now when I'm yelling in the house, right? Like, please, right? We would change the child's diaper because they don't have any choice and like we want to help them. We don't want to leave them in that. And too many times we use the excuse, well, I'm just never going to change. 
You're right on your own. You can't. That's why through the Holy Spirit, he can change us. Stop using that excuse. This is just who I am. Like, here you are, like, guys, like, you're in your underwear playing video games. This is just who I am. Right? I'll never change. What a horrible excuse. I think we tell ourselves lies all the time. Like, we forget about what we have. Like, in my office, like, it's literally on my whiteboard. It just says, be where your feet are. Be where your feet are. Be present. And, like, that's the thing, like, I'm really working on. Like, when I come home, like, I'm putting, like, my phone away so, like, I can just be present. Because it's like I'm physically in a room sometimes, but I'm not physically or emotionally there. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not present. And I think some of us, we are spending a lot of time, our spouse, with our backs turned towards each other as we're reading on our phones. And we wonder why we're drifting apart. I'm not saying you can't ever be on your phone in the bed. But what I am saying is that this little device, which was amazing when it dropped in 2008, has changed our society forever. Literally, the future, think about this, the future of the internet. And now this might not be us. I think, like, think about your kids and then think about, like, your grandkids. This might really be for them. This is the future of the internet where we put on goggles and we live in this virtual world where we interact with people virtually, but it's not real life. And then like us would be old one day, like I told you the internet was a bad idea, curse Al Gore, right? Like Al Gore, right? Like they won't even know, right? Like one day we're gonna go, why, why would you do that? People's literally like their whole life is gonna be like, this is in the future, this is the future of the internet. <laughs> Doesn't that look dumb? That's literally the future. Like, that's, that is what we're being told. That is the future. Our future world is in a world that's literally not even here. It's an it's a alternate reality where people can be whoever they want, do whatever they want, and it's not even real life. And I can promise you, you will see marriages and families blasted because people will spend their time in a place that's not even real. What are the lies that you're telling yourself? What are lies you don't want to hear? Oh, they just don't love me anymore. They don't show me enough time. They don't do Remember that moment, like, I just, did a, I just did a wedding yesterday. And here they are, they're saying their vows to each other. And it's like, when they're saying their vows of, like, I do. And then that moment, like, the love you felt for your spouse. Remember that moment where you're just telling them, I love you. And it's like, you ever just thought for a second, like, hmm, five years from now, <laughs> you're going to stop caring about yourself. You have all these kids, you can run around. When's the last time you even put on, like, anything more than athleisure wear? Right, moms? You know what I'm talking about? You're just struggling to get through the day. When's the last time you did this? Blah, 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 blah. Nah, I want out. I've never had that happen at a wedding. Ever. But there's a reason why so many marriages fall apart. And so what I'm saying is remember that moment. We're watching this season. Uh, we've been watching the show called Alone. It's on, it's on A&E. We're, like, on season, season seven where people literally have to live in the, the wilderness alone. They have to film themselves alone. Everything they do is alone. And every single person, 100%, you know what they say at some point in their time alone? I miss my kids. I miss their laughter. I miss the wild, I, I miss my spouse. They did the, and they say when they go back, whenever they tap or whatever, I'm not gonna take for granted what I have. How many of us take for granted what we have? 
One day, if you're a man in this room, one day you're going to stand before God, not just to give an account for your life, but you're going to give an account for how you handled your family, for your spouse, for your children. That responsibility is on you. Some of us aren't even doing a good job of our own selves. And for me as a pastor, I get the extra added bonus of like one day I get to stand before God for how I lead this church to which I'll tell Jesus one day, I don't want to claim all of them. Right? Like there are some of them I would like, can, would just separate those ones and like the best ones, right? Judge me on that. One day we'll stand before God for all of that. What are the lies you're telling yourself? What are the lies you're listening to? And you know what the problem with listening to lies ourselves? We don't believe they're lies. We think it's truth because we're listening to ourself to which we got to go back to God's word and like go, what does is, what is Jesus say about this? We're tempted to compare. We're tempted to say, I'm not as bad. I'll never be like them. But one day we'll stand before God. What is the soundtrack of your life going to be? And I know some of us, because again, I think so many times it feels like condemnation. But that's exactly the opposite. When we feel like running away from God, that's the time he wants us to run to him. Hey, you messed up but I don't want to leave you there and I won't make you do it alone. If you need another wake-up call, listen to what Paul writes to this church in Romans chapter 13. He says, this is all the more urgent for you know how late it is. Time is running out. Wake up for our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is almost gone. The day of salvation will soon be here. So remove your dark deeds like dirty clothes and put on the shining armor of right living. Because we belong to the day. We must live decent lives for all to see. Don't participate in the darkness of wild parties and drunkenness or in sexual promiscuity and immoral living or in quarreling and jealousy. Instead, clothe yourself with the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. And don't let yourself think about ways to indulge your evil desires. For those of us who have a relationship with Jesus, Paul says, wake up. Stop living for this person that you aren't anymore. Put on the things that you are and start living for Jesus. And in that moment, you're going to find where so many people lose themselves. You're going to find yourself. There is a life. Jesus literally said there are two roads in this life. There's this broad road. It leads to destruction. And most people go that way. But there's this narrow road. It leads to life. And very few people find it. It's the moment where we say, I'm going to die to myself. I don't want to live for myself anymore. I'm not going to trust myself. I want to start listening to what God is telling me. I want to start following him. And in that, you'll find life. Today, you might be sitting physically next to someone, but your hearts might be drifted apart. And today is your opportunity to say, I want to remember what God has given me. It's a gift. If, if you're married, if you have kids, they're a gift. And it may not always feel like a gift. They're a gift that God has given you. And he says, it's your job to oversight it. How are you oversighting your life? Have you been standing guard or have you let the person get away? Have you made some choices like, man, I really wish I could take that, that like that season of my life, I wish I would be in a different place if I never would have made that choice. This is an opportunity for you to play a new soundtrack for your life. 
how you've been doing keeping watch over yourself. If you're here and you're like, you know, you, you tried church before, you're like, and that's what Elijah, like I've tried this before and it didn't work. I, I want you to know that, that Jesus loves you so much that he literally gave his life for you. And there's no magic prayer to pray. It's not about raising your hand or walking down front or saying something. Simply from where you're at, you can give your heart to God. And here in a moment, you'll have an opportunity to be forever changed. To know for sure that you'll spend eternity with Jesus. Because one day when you stand before God, he'll be your king or your judge. And you will be eternally separated from him. A place that all people will go. The only way is through Jesus and life is only through him. For those of us who have a relationship with God, what is your life like? Like, what is the soundtrack for your life? Like, if we were to hit play, what's really, what's the song that's playing right now? Do you like the song that's playing? Do you like the direction you're headed? Do you like the things that you're doing? And if you feel like things are going well, really ask yourself, are they really going well, or am I telling myself a lie? I believe that through the power of the Holy Spirit, you can experience freedom. That too many times we carry these burdens on our own and we want to run away from God. But I'm telling you today, run to the Father. He loves you and he wants to help you along and he has so much more for you. The enemy is keeping so many of you from experiencing what God has for you because you're listening to the lies. And today you can have freedom. Let's pray. God, thank you for this opportunity to be here. Thank you for giving us time to just listen to your word and, and to be challenged. God, it challenges me in my own heart, in my own life, the areas where I'm weak, the areas where I'm prone to mess up and make mistakes. But Jesus, thank you. Thank you that I can run to you. In the midst of carrying guilt and shame or embarrassment, anxiety, worry, depression, fears, anger. I can bring that to you. It doesn't scare you off. It doesn't make you mad. It makes you love me more. And Father, in your arms, I feel your presence. And so Lord, today I'm praying that for people watching online and for people in this room, they would experience your presence. While you're here with your, in the state of reflection, maybe you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus. I want you to know that, that there is nothing you can do or say that will allow you to be with God and just simply acknowledging from your heart to God that you need him. It's not about coming to church enough, giving enough, serving enough. Nothing you can do to earn it, but just simply from your heart to God, you can, you can have life. And maybe you say something like this, God, I don't like the soundtrack of my life. I've been doing my own thing my own way for a long time. And I pray, Lord, that you would help me today. I realize there's a better way. Will you forgive me of all my mess ups, my failures, my mistakes? Today, I'm asking you to forgive me. I believe you died for me. And today I put my faith and trust in you. Will you save me? It's not about the words that you say, but from your heart to God's and right where you are, there's a huge celebration taking place for you. And we want to celebrate with you. I'd love for you to tell me after the service if that's what you did. 
for those of us who are believers here this morning, don't leave without just taking some time to thank God for what you have. Maybe today is the first time like you, you talk to your spouse or your significant other and you tell them like, hey, I, I wanna make sure we do this right. I, I, I wanna, I, you take those steps. Maybe you do something with your family this week. Be mindful of what God has already given you and thank him for it. It's not about perfection. It's about following after Jesus. And this is your moment to have an opportunity to just do 